Hello, all you Lasso fans. This is Peanut Butter and Biscuits, your Ted Lasso fan cast from NPR Illinois Community Voices and from the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig. I'm joined by my illustrious co-host, Biscuits with the Boss, Mr. Jeremy Geckner, the Front Row Network Editor-in-Chief. How are you, sir? That's right. Big kahuna back in here. Uh, Peanut Butter and Biscuits. Uh, I don't know, Craig, how's your season uh, three anticipation meter going so far? Because uh, I'm doing okay. Mine's, Mine's holding steady at the moment. Every now and then, I just keep thinking, like, we're going to get some update about how they've just, they've wrapped some kind of filming or something <laughs> like that. And we should note uh, that we are recording this earlier in April than what you're listening to it. So hopefully by the time this drops, I know this is going to be great. just about like, rap season three. Yeah, yeah like Sudeikis gets abducted by aliens or something. <laughs> it's like, yeah, nothing's really happened, guys. Um, I'm guessing if Sudeikis got abducted by aliens, we might come on and do like maybe an extra special episode or something. Yeah, that's, that's perhaps. probably true. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. But we are really excited today because, you know, we love to talk to other people that are content creators in the Ted Lasso space because, honestly, they're just a really cool group of people. And Mm -hmm. uh, no exception today, we're so excited to talk to Tori from Their Soulmates. Yeah. It's going to be really fun today. So, Tori, welcome to Peanut Butter and Biscuit. Hi. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me in here. Of course. Allowing. We are. It's our pleasure. Yes. Thank you. It's really fun that your podcast takes such a specific look at one really uh, yeah. one relationship really in Ted Lasso. Of course, you talk all things hashtag Ted Becca, and <laughs> we are going to talk about that today. But I do want to, you know, you were just telling us a little bit about how you and your husband got into podcasting, and I want you to share that with our audience. How did you come to find Ted Lasso? How did you come to start podcasting? And of course, you got to plug your show like fifty-five times. Okay. I can do it. Thank you. So my husband and I, we both work in other things besides podcasting. He's in TV news and I work for Paramount, but during the pandemic, our date nights got taken away. So we would just kind of be hanging out and I had started rewatching who's the boss because it's just kind of like a feel good eighties comfort show that is mindless. And so I was like, Oh, maybe we should do a who's the boss rewatch podcast. Cause we'd always wanted to do a podcast, but we didn't know what about. And then right around that time, they announced the reboot that still hasn't materialized. Mm. So it was like, okay, now's the time. We got to do it now so we can get it done before the reboot. So we started with that one and we were terrible at first. And then we got more comfortable and we upgraded our equipment. And so then we had watched season one of Ted Lasso late, which is a funny story. Actually, the person who told us to watch Ted Lasso is Judith Light from Who's the Boss. <laughs> so we did like a, a we did like a Zoom chat with her, and we were just talking about shows and stuff. And she said, "You know, have you seen Ted Lasso?" And I was like, "No, I've heard about it." She's like, "It's just a beautiful show. You should watch it." So, like a couple of weeks later, my husband and I are like, "All right, we'll give it a try." So we binge season one, and since we were late to the game, season two came out pretty soon after. Then watched all of season two. And by the time I got to like the Christmas episode of season two, I was fully on board with Ted and Rebecca. So I was like, okay, I want to do a podcast about this because no one else is really talking about their relationship. And in fact, a lot of most people are against it. So I just want to kind of really dive into this and like give people who are interested in this relationship a place to go and a place to to listen. And we've always you know, considered ourselves an additional podcast. We're not, you know, you got to listen to the regular Ted Lasso podcasts that are out there. But then if you want to go a little deeper with Ted and Rebecca, you come to us. And, you know, I will say that you do a great job of, I would say that most people in the Ted Lasso fandom try always to be curious and not judgmental. But I will say when this topic comes up, sometimes <laughs> the claws come out. They really do. I've seen other posts and other discussion boards that, that are out there. So I will tell you, I'll put this on front street now oh, that no. I am not planning to attack you at all, Tori. And it is okay if Thank we end you. up walking away from this in some kind of disagreement. Of I course. will say that um, when I saw Sam and Rebecca come together in season two, my heart kind of fluttered for that relationship. But Jeremy, what are your thoughts going kind of into this idea of Ted and Rebecca and their potential budding relationship? 
Yeah, I, I don't like it. No, no <laughs> Jeremy is going to attack you. If, I, if I've learned anything from Twitter, that's all I need to say, guys. Um, right. No, there's um, I, I I'm <laughs> I'm definitely one of the ones where I'm not like angry about it if it happens, but I am kind of rooting for it not to happen. And it's not even like I said, <laughs> I find it strange because they've done such a good job of cultivating these characters literally whole cloth on their own that like now, like when you start thinking about pairing them up with each other, it's uh, it is an interesting exercise. And that's why I think it is such a great show that you have um, because like the richness of these characters allows you to dive that deep into mm-hmm. them, into like every little aspect of the show. Um, so, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I've always been a Ted sassy person personally um, just because. We got a Sam, Rebecca, and a Ted Sassy. I have my rebuttals ready. Just because Sassy, I just, I just love her so much. But I mean, like before we get into specific rebuttals, though, I did just want to ask you, though, it's like Craig did just mention that, like how this this is kind of the one time like the Lasso community gets very animated with this question. Like, Maybe. why do you think that is? Why do you think that everybody does have kind of like harsher feelings about about the Ted Rebecca relationship? I don't know. And I feel I do feel that shipping a couple is very personal. Like Mm -hmm. there are very personal reasons why I ship Ted and Rebecca. And part of it is because that's pretty much how my husband and I started without all the divorce and trauma. Like we were (laughs) friends for two years. And if someone would have told me a year and a half into this, like, this is the love of your life and you're going to have two kids with him and be married for 18 years, I would have said you were crazy. (laughs) But I grew, I knew him as a friend. I we got to know each other even better. And then one day I was like, this is it. Like, I, why have I been looking anywhere else when he's been here the whole time? So I think, you know, that for me is like a personal reason. And other people may not have that experience or may really only, you know, feel that your attraction should be to someone instantly. And then, you know, start dating or however it's supposed to go. I also feel that Romance is kind of looked down on Mm. in TV. Mm -hmm. I feel like this was also an issue during the X-Files. I was a huge X-Files fan. There was a large group of people that did not ever want Mulder and Scully to get together. And I mean... Spoilers, folks. (laughs) Yeah, spoilers, they got together. But (laughs) but did they really? I mean... Yeah, who knows? It's it's all still pain and grief there. So, and I also think that some this relationship is a little different than we're used to seeing. Like we're not used to seeing a woman and a man who are roughly the same age. She is (laughs) taller than him. Um, So I think, and if you are not attracted to one of them, I think that's going to factor in as well. Like, Mm. and I'll be honest, it took me a while to find Ted Lasso attractive. Like Mm. in the beginning, I just kept thinking like, no, they're going to have this hot lady, like fall in love with this guy. (laughs) But he grew on me, like he grows on them. And I will say that I do think that that is part of the reason for sassy, which we can get into. Oh yeah. But, um, so, you know, as he grew on me, then I was like, oh, okay, wait, I can, I kind of see what's going on. And then, you know, I feel like there are certain little nuggets on the show that they're trying to lead us in this direction subtly, mm-hmm. but really building up the friendship between these two people. Oh, yeah. I was like, Hey, look, a cat. He's joining. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree uh, with you, though. I, th- I think that that is you're right. Like they don't make it easy. Like and nothing in the show is easy. Nothing in the show is like a typical, you know, comedy TV show trope. And I think right. that's why you're right. Like it'd be pretty easy. I think that's probably part of the reason why I just don't think it will happen. It's just like, it seems like an easy thing, like something that would happen in a comedy show. It's like, oh, of course they're going to end up together. But they have given us these little bits. Like, you know, like when Rebecca is calming him down after his first panic attack, there's a genuine care there. There also mm-hmm. is a little bit of, you know, affection there, I think, <laughs> that, that's coming through. Um, so I don't know. You know, like I, I've, I've gone both ways on this um, as I've been watching the show, but um i i think you're right on about why people resonate with it i will be honest with you too tori and say that it took me no time at all to be attracted to rebecca welton so (laughs) uh, (laughs) yeah like it's not 
honestly, is not even a, an opinion. I mean, the woman is just gorgeous. She's a goddess. Yeah, yeah she's she goddess. is an absolute <laughs> goddess. Yeah. You know, I, and, I, and I think that Jeremy really uh, hit the nail. And I will say to our listeners that this is the perfect episode for us because we hardly have to do any work. We put all the work on you for where this episode <laughs> yeah. is going. Right. And I don't want to necessarily yourself. be too far ahead of ourselves. But what I will say is that I think we talk so much about, like in our recap episodes, there are so many relationships and situations where we were like, this. the reason why this works so well is it subverted our expectations. And I think that maybe that's why people are so passionate about this is because they see this potential relationship as being somewhat the norm mm. and they don't want to see that in Ted Lasso. Now, I yeah. think the argument could be made that the fact that they're subverting your expectations on everything else almost mm-hmm. makes this, even though in a standard sitcom, it may be more of the way that the writing might go, it might be something that ultimately does subvert expectations as well. And now, uh, yeah. right before we get into this uh, in earnest and you give us all of your reasons, I did want to mention that you had a very good reason for naming your show Their Soulmates. And uh, did you want to tell us what that reason was? Yeah. So I saw an interview with Jason Sudeikis where I think it was Gold Derby and they were mm-hmm. discussing the Ted and Rebecca relationship and one of the interviewer said like, I don't see Ted and Rebecca ever being a couple. And Jason said, well, I will tell you that they are soulmates. Mm. So whatever soulmates means they are soulmates. And I feel the show has delivered on that. We have, even if you don't want them to be together romantically, there's no way that we can deny this point that these two are deeply connected now that they've introduced what happened September 13th, 1991. And with that, there were little parallels going all along, but then you get to that and you kind of have this Kaiser Sose moment where you're like, oh, wait a minute, this and this and this and this. So, you know, I, I do think that they're, they technically could be platonic soulmates, mm-hmm. but God would not be that cruel to Ted Lasso. <laughs> He's not going to give him his soulmate and have it, her look like Rebecca Welton, and mm. then they're going to be buddies. I mean, that's just mean. That is pretty cruel. That is pretty <laughs> cruel. Um, I do, I do agree with you though. Like, uh, there is a platonicness that can happen there because, in a way, Ted is what gives Rebecca permission to be herself again. You know, mm-hmm. like um, he doesn't. I, you know, I don't, I, that's the, and that's the hard thing I can't get past at the moment is like, I don't know if he sees her romantically, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think he definitely sees her as like, you know, the boss that I have to win over at first. And then mm-hmm. as a friend, he can confide in. Um, but, you know, like, I don't know if I've seen from Ted's side, the romantic inkling yet. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely yeah. think he no, I totally agree. feels that deep connection to Rebecca, yes. but I don't know if it's gotten there yet. But as you said, it could turn into that easily. Yeah. I don't think either of them see each other that way yet. I think okay. possibly by the end of season two, Ted may be having a little bit of different feelings, like the way he kind of lingers as she walks out the door in mm. that second truth bomb. But I honestly know, I totally agree with you. At this point, I think it's going to be a surprise almost to both of them because Ted is still going through what he's going through. He's trying to heal. He's trying to get over his wife. And Jason Mm -hmm. also said something interesting in a podcast, I believe, with the late Bob Saget, which was like, when you have someone who's going through a breakup, when they get to that point, when that person calls on their phone and they let it go to voicemail and they don't respond to that person, Mm -hmm. then they are in a position, you know, they're starting to move on. Mm -hmm. And we saw at the end of season two, you know, after he gets outed by Nate, he gets a text message from Rebecca. He gets a voice message from Sharon and he gets a text message from Michelle. And the only one he responds to is Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. So I don't think he's there. He's still, you know, he's on his way out and he's doing better, but I don't think that he is really even thinking about dating or anything like whatever's going on with him and sassy doesn't seem very deep been more of a distraction. So, and I agree, Rebecca, at this point, I don't think, I think when she saw him at the gala for the first time, she was like, oh, you are a man. Oh, this Mm. is like an actual man in a suit. 
you know, and I think more of her fondness for him is less sexual at this point. Mm. But if mm. you have two people with this deep foundation, and then at some point you realize that you're attracted to each other, I think that's a pretty awesome recipe for a relationship. She, she's making sense to me at the moment. Man. <laughs> I know starting to win us over. I will say, first of all, um, to our podcast listeners, there are times where your host forgets to turn on his microphone oh, and he uses he his laptop mic for the first 15 minutes of an episode. And that time might have been tonight. So my oh, apologies oh. there. Uh, but hopefully it sounds a little bit better for you now. Uh, let's get into this, Tori. How yeah. do you want to guide us through? You, you need to present your arguments, counsel, as to why Ted Becca should exist. you got to silence all of the haters out there, all of the people that are maybe being oh, a gosh, little, this... little less curious and a little bit more judgmental to your cause. What are you going to do to present yeah, opening, us your topic here? Opening statement was strong. Let's, 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 let's flesh this out oh, you, you you mean we're not done um, okay <laughs> so <laughs> all right so i'm gonna go through this kind of as like how i think they that this has been a romantic comedy the entire time mm. you know we start off with rebecca you know we know right up front that she's been hurt by a relationship she's struggling to like get back on her feet she doesn't want to be alone and now she's in this position where she is and as she starts to look for a partner, she's going back to what she's always looked for. And I think she's still struggling in this sort of like, what is it that I actually want? Now her pain brings Ted there. And then Ted being there is what ultimately allows him to end his marriage when he, he knew it was going in that direction the whole time. So, Right, right, right there, there's a parallel where she's brought him here for this nefarious reason. He's come and then the two of them are now learning something and growing from this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think we hear from Sassy early on too that Rebecca is not the ice queen that we think she is. She's silly. She, we know that she's really looking for a partner that she can be herself with and that she can share her life with and you know, grow old with and not feel insecure anymore in her footing. And I think if there's anyone on this show that is going to fit that bill for Rebecca, it is Ted. Mm -hmm. Now with Ted, you know, we see him. And again, like I said, the beginning, it's a little hard to find Ted sexually attractive, possibly, maybe not for everyone. For me, it was a little off-putting, you know, getting to know him in the beginning. Enter Sassy. So Sassy is the person who immediately sees him and thinks that guy is hot. I like this guy. And she lets Rebecca know that pretty early on. Then every conversation that they've had, every scene that Ted and Sassy have shared since their one night stand has basically been to get a reaction out of Rebecca. Hmm. Now we see Sassy let Rebecca know that Ted is good in bed and uh, and I know there's the whole, she spits out the biscuit, which I, I agree is <laughs> not a good, not a good look for us, but <laughs> she doesn't really spit out the biscuit until she's thinking of Ted and Sassy in that situation. Like when she says he's eager to please, Rebecca's like, hmm, okay. So I think like Sassy's kind of almost like Ted's sexual credential at this point, his Yelp review. <laughs> like she saw this guy and thought he was hot. She's letting Rebecca know he's good in bed. At the funeral episode, she lets him know that he apparently has a large penis. Mm. So I think all these things are for Rebecca to absorb this information. Rebecca watches them go off together after the wedding. So if they are trying to build Ted and Sassy as a relationship, I don't think they're doing a very good job of it. But, you know, like you said, they like to change up the tropes. And you know, if romance as a whole is a trope, I do think that this show delivers us these common tropes in different ways. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we are kind of building this in a way where there's not a lot of sexual tension, they're not bantering back and forth, they're not pining and looking at each other with like, you know, longing. I do feel like that could be uh, them delivering us a romance trope, but in a different way. Wow. 
That's a, a really solid opening salvo to what amounts to this relationship. And I mean, I think that it, you can see that it could make sense that they're building towards this way. I guess my, my thing is that I really feel like in my heart that I, I want this relationship to stay more platonic because then it allows for the, that, what I feel as a trope to be kind of broken to that, that idea that your two main characters here. And I know that, um, you know, Hannah Waddingham won supporting actress Emmy, but certainly she's the main female character in this uh, show. And you, you don't necessarily want them to end up together. And so I think that that's a lot of the pushback that you would receive online and you have received online from people that I've seen and you've defended it very well and very courteously, by the way, but you. you know, it's just the, uh, the, the thought that, I don't, I don't know if I want to see that happen. And so when I see something like Sam and Rebecca, and I understand that there's still this idea of uh, this kind of, you're not supposed to have this relationship with your boss, but I like that the power dynamic is such that it's the female boss and the male employee, as opposed to the other way around, which is something that we've seen a billion times on television and in books and all of that, that some male in some kind of power role and the female is then, you know, um, kind of in this relationship with him. So the fact that it turns around and the fact that Rebecca is the one realizing, no, this isn't really supposed to happen And then Sam is the one that's like, ah, it's going to be okay. Like those, that's, that's the way that I think that it does subvert expectations a little bit. So I don't know. So that's kind of still where I'm at is that I, I really, and then uh, to be completely honest with you, I don't know that there's a person in the show that I root for more than Tahib Jamo because Sam is just so damn likable. Craig's hitting the question that I would ask you is just like, they did. I think a very good job with Rebecca and Sam in season Mm -hmm. two. I think like, especially the dinner uh, montage where it just shows how organically they love being around each other and stuff. Um, And of course the king of all walkaway lines, I'm only going to get more wonderful. Thank you very much to you, Jamal. But like, what do you have any thoughts about that? Like, does that diminish the relationship between Sam and Rebecca in your, in your eyes or like, uh, yeah, Sam and Rebecca in your eyes or, you know, is this just kind of a casualty of, of true love or something like that? So my thought is, okay, I love, I was not as offended by the Sam and Rebecca relationship as many were. And I will say like, I didn't think it was going to go there because I thought like, she's going to pull back because this is, she's his (laughs) boss and stuff. She is his boss, but I don't really feel like there's a huge, like major power difference between the two of them. And her feelings are genuine and she didn't know it was him. Mm. But I will say that they purposely wanted us to think that Rebecca could have been texting Ted. Yeah. 100%. They absolutely wanted to. <laughs> so who is the one football player that was going to be able to come across as Ted? That could have never been Jamie. He would have been asking her about sexual positions, <laughs> you know, as soon as um, Isaac said, bruv, she would have known it wasn't like we would have known it wasn't Ted. So I think there is an absolute reason why it was Sam. And I absolutely love Sam. And if they were closer in age, I would be rooting for them to be together. But the truth is, is that Rebecca is looking for her like final true love. And she and Sam could have a 15 year relationship. And then Sam could decide, you know what? I really want to have kids and stuff. He'll be 36 and she'll be almost 60. So I don't think that this is the forever relationship for Rebecca, but I do think it was an important relationship for us to see Rebecca in because this is the first time that she has allowed herself. There is a reason why um, Hannah Waddingham is not wearing makeup in that scene when the two of them are in bed together. This Mm -hmm. is the first time we see Rebecca dressed down in front of a man because she does feel comfortable with him and she does have genuine feelings and she's enjoying the feeling of him truly caring for her because Sam is a wonderful person and he is only going to get more wonderful. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. When you think 
Yeah, no, when you're thinking about it, like you're talking about sassy kind of being the transitional um, shake you out of your funk thing for Ted. You could definitely see that working with Sam and Rupert as well, couldn't you? Because if there's mm -hmm. anybody that is the antithesis of Rupert, it is Sam Obasanya, yes. <laughs> somebody who is selfless, who's not afraid to sacrifice his own well-being to do what's right, right as we saw in the first three episodes of, of season two. Um, and yeah, someone who does genuinely just care for people and wants to be a good person, um, all distinct opposite qualities of Rupert Mannion. So, exactly. Um, yes. I, I can see your point there. Like, like maybe this is what gets Rebecca to see that there are still good guys out there and you don't have to be afraid of pursuing those relationships, even if it's something as taboo as a workplace relationship. Right now. Now, Tori, I've been watching this show for hours on end. I've been podcasting about this show for hours on end. And you just blew my mind because <laughs> I, I will tell you that in this might like connect the dots, like people are yelling at me on their phone right now or whatever yeah. they're listening to us from. But Sam Obasanya is Ted Lasso, isn't he? Oh, he kind of is, isn't he? Yeah, he is the most like Ted of the football players for sure. That's yeah. wild. I mean, like yeah. when you think about it, it makes so much sense, but it's just not something that I've connected the dots with. And literally we've talked about this show for like, I don't know, 40 hours at this point <laughs> or something like that. Even it's just, it's just something you don't really like it's right there in front of you, but you're absolutely right that in terms of the, the type of person that Sam is and the type of person that Ted is, they match up more than anyone else on that pitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Even before I get to the sorry. big point, um, Tori, what about like, well, you did also kind of already talk about Sassy and, and Ted there, but like, mm -hmm. is that is the transitional part of that? Like, is, is that the whole thing there? Or can you make a case for them being together, though? I mean, I could. Yes, I don't think that they're showing us that. Right. Um, you know, we get the impression that there was no communication between the one night stand and when Sassy saw Ted in Rebecca's office, mm. because she kind of gives this look of, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> and we, we do get the impression that Rebecca knows yeah. what happened between Ted and Sassy. Which so, we, we didn't see them. We didn't see her be told that. Right. So we no, just assumed Sassy just told her outright at some point. Yes, I'm sure she did, but also Ted feels comfortable bringing it up in front of Rebecca. So I do almost feel like at some point he went back and told her, you know, as much as they were all telling him not to, mm. like he brings it up in front of Rebecca as if he knows she knows. So it's not at all like a shock or, or anything awkward between them. Um, you know, and then I personally think, I know a lot of people don't believe this, but I do think that Sassy and Ted probably hooked up again that weekend because she comes back early and ends up at the football game with them mm. and they're like what are you doing here and she's like oh i couldn't pass up watching all these guys but could she or, or could she not pass up trying to hook up with ted again now that she saw him so i kind of feel like that could have been another time they hooked up and then after the funeral after the funeral i hope to god that he went to her place because no one should have gone back to ted's place in that condition yeah. So, Correct me but, if I'm wrong. When does yeah. when does the uh, fake out text happen? Is that around when when she's back, or is that episode three we're talking about? That's no, she comes no. back at the end of episode three. That's right. It's a little right, bit yeah, later. The, the fake out text happens around Rainbow, and yeah, they, they yeah, are yeah. signal, and then we know it's Sam by right. uh, Man City. Because you can make the case based on what you're saying right now, Tori. That yeah, like when we get the text fake out, that he might be texting Sassy there. Yeah, I mean, it could be because, yes, or the, maybe some other random banterer. <laughs> well, we know he's not on banter because he also says, like, what if I got on there uh, and it changed the whole course? I met my soulmate and it changed the whole course of my life. Indeed. But we already know that Ted has, in fact, already met his soulmate and that the whole course <laughs> of his life has already been changed. But, yeah, mm. I mean, he could be texting sassy at that point, but I just don't. You know, and then we see them leave together at the funeral, but I don't we don't feel any connection there because we haven't seen them actually talk to each other mm. without it being a, in front of Rebecca or about Ted in front of Rebecca. So I don't see Sassy being his, the person he's going to end up with. I also think that for this, for Sassy, this is a really casual thing. 
she seemed fine with not talking to him at all. And so she saw him again and, you know, it's probably fun and that's great too. Like that's absolutely their business. So yeah, I, I don't see them leading us towards Ted and Sassy getting together. I almost think more that this season we could possibly see Ted being set up on various dates, maybe Mm. even with Mrs. Bowen or someone who we've already been, we've already been introduced to at some point. But I don't think that they are leading these two together. And I will say that I'm not a sassy hater. I love sassy. I'm a little nervous about a few kind of things they've let us know about her. But I think in the end, to also like go back on a trope that if Rebecca were to say to sassy, like, I think I have feelings for Ted. Sassy would be like, oh, go for it. He's really yeah. good in bed. <laughs> you know? No, she does Where feel instead that Instead of way. being jealous, you know, I, yeah, I feel like she's, she's just having fun and this is a nice little thing for her to do when she comes to visit Rebecca. Yeah. And I think you're also right. Like there's also just a sense with me, like I've uh, followed Ellie Taylor, the actress who plays Flo for a while over with her BBC comedy uh, on mm-hmm. BBC One and stuff. And if you haven't seen it, guys, like she's goddamn hilarious. I mean, so like, funny. just knock your socks off hilarious stand up. And um, so I think, yeah, there is a certain sense of me. Plus just the way she undresses Rupert at the funeral. is just Oh like, gosh, it's fantastic. Out loud moment. And so yes. you're just like, oh man, I just want her to, to succeed there but i uh, she's making sense craig this isn't good for uh, for the listeners here <laughs> well, and i, I want to take it like she is making sense i will say and i love that what i love about how she Tori, you're laying down i say she like you're not in the zoom call with us <laughs> how you're laying down this argument is that like every now and then you'll just put in like a well yeah of course because they're soulmates and then you'll keep talking about like other like, things like you do it in your such own a sly way right. so like earlier i just said like yeah because you were saying it so compellingly and i was like okay i can go along with this no so what about this we have uh kind of the the thought, the through line of Ted Lasso, in my estimation, has been an examination of mental health as well. Mm-hmm. And so in season one, we see the panic attacks. We see his positive psychology come out and his positive affirmations for the team, but he's unwilling to do that for himself. And uh, that's why, truly, I've, I've said it on this show many times that Tan Lines is my absolute favorite episode of this series. And I honestly think that it probably will continue to be regardless of what they bring us in season three and hopefully beyond but uh, but when we move into season two the entire through line of that was ted through therapy and so i think that there is a large contingent of the fan base and i'll speak for them now that says ted doesn't need to end up with anyone ted Mm -hmm. needs to handle what he's going on what's going on with him by himself and he needs to understand you know, his relationship with himself better before moving into a physical relationship or even just like a, uh, some kind of attraction to another person. So what, you know, what, what say you about that counselor? What, what is it that uh, you think about Ted ending up with himself as an argument from fans? I agree to a point and I'm terribly sorry if you hear a cat meowing in the background. He has a lot of thoughts as well. That's um, okay. I remember I forgot to turn my microphone on for the first 10 minutes of this show. It's, it sounded good. It was fine. You're, you're fine. You, when you go back, it'll be fine. Um, okay. So yes, I do. And this is another thing that I kind of feel like this show is doing well, where we have two broken people mm. and now they're taking the time to let these two people heal so that if they do come together, they're coming together as two whole people again and not two broken people. Mm. Yes, like Ted needs to go through. And I kind of wish we would have seen a little more growth with Rebecca in season two. She's still kind of a disaster, but she's, you know, she's starting to take a turn, but I don't think she had as much growth as Ted did in season two as far as healing herself and mental health. And I do think that, you know, we do need to see Ted going through this and really dealing with his mental health. And I'll tell you, if there's one thing that really stands in the way for me with Ted and Rebecca, it is Henry, because Henry needs to be his first and foremost at the Mm. end of this. Ted needs to go home and he needs to be 
I personally think that he will go home and be, you know, present for his son in person. So Mm -hmm. you could say that that is how it would end, but I also think that if he is going to be with someone at the end of this show, I don't know who I would buy at this point more than Rebecca, just based on the connection that they already have and the friendship and connection that they're building. Mm. And I also think that we possibly saw Rebecca dealing with the idea of Sam leaving for a reason, because she was like, you know, I can't ask you to stay, but I really wish that you would. She never once even entertained the thought of going with him. It was never a, a thought in her head. So what if when she's presented with Ted leaving, the idea of going with him makes more sense to her because she's, and we've already seen her kind of have that comparison with another relationship. This is interesting. This is interesting. I'll tell you, Jeremy, she puts way more thought into this stuff than we ever have in a single podcast episode. <laughs> well, no, but I, well, well, first of all, there's only one person that makes sense left for Ted to end up with, and it's obviously my boy, Coach Beard. So, um, <laughs> well, um, they really truly are soulmates. I'm sorry. Your Corey, suggestion but is clearly, I'm just saying, Coach um, Beard but, and Ted Lasso are soulmates. Well, right. and, and here's here's the overarching point that I've been like circling now while are listening to Tori uh, lay this all out uh, quite well, uh, well done counselor. Um, I, I think you. that, um, you know, it, it still seems to me like the biggest argument that everybody always has is that Ted Lasso is the comedy that subverses the tropes and wouldn't it be a trope to do this? But the way that you're talking is like the fact that they are slow building it isn't that in and of itself a subversion of the trope that they are not wanting to trope. You know what yes. I mean? Like, so I think that I can start to circle around and see this because you're right in the sense that these two people, and I love what you said, like, you know, Rebecca's pain brings him there and his pain <laughs> in a way, you know, with the panic attacks, like, cause I think that that first uh, make Rebecca great again, when she helps him through that panic attack, I think mm-hmm. it's the first time where we're really seeing the true Rebecca emerge again. Yes. Um, and so it is kind of like Ted's pain is inadvertently giving her permission to actually come out and be the caring person that we know her to be now. Mm-hmm. So there is some very fun connections here that, that you're laying out. And I think I'm warming up to this idea because it does seem to be it does seem to me like that would be a happy ending. Now, obviously, the minutia is she owns a football club. Does she have to be there to, you know, run it? Does she sell it to, I don't know, maybe she makes Higgins the, the head of the football She's club. She's so rich. Um, she could live in both places. They don't yeah. have to. I feel like distance for really wealthy people is less of a problem than it is for the average person yeah, based on definitely. most celebrities. <laughs> Definitely. They'll, they'll build their own private airfield out there in Kansas. Um, yeah. You are Imagine right, the though, house like... that they could buy in Kansas. Oh, dude. It would yeah, be insane. They, they, they it, would be, city. Uh, it would Just be like, like a basically city buying houses. a city. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's also, you're right, though, like Henry does have to be a part of that equation because of the arc of season two, actually because of just Ted's life arc. Like, right. yeah, the father-son dynamic has to be front and center there. So, um, yeah, just really good points, man. Really good points. <laughs> now, so wait, can I talk- go through some of the parallels also? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Okay. So speaking of the panic attack, so we already went through the parallel of like, you know, because of her marriage, he's there because he's there, his marriage ends. Then we see Rebecca dealing with the first anniversary of her wedding that she is now alone, while Ted is dealing with the ending of his marriage in that Mm. same weekend. That same weekend, they also both have their first, I would say we can assume that it's Rebecca's first. We don't know for sure, but she doesn't seem super comfortable beforehand. Her, their, their first one night stands Mm -hmm. post-divorce took Rebecca a few months, took Ted about 15 minutes. Then (laughs) they have gone back and forth kind of being each other's strength. So we see Rebecca come to his aid during the panic attack. Then we see Ted come to her rescue during the dart scene. I don't want to say rescue, but he helps her. They team up together. Then she is the one that makes sure that he doesn't have a horrible Christmas. And then he is the one that comes to her aid during the funeral when she is you know, losing her footing. Mm. So I think there is a reason why we're seeing this kind of give and take of these two people supporting each other, because we wouldn't want it to just be 
one doing all these things for the other without really seeing it reciprocated. You know, and that's all before we find out that they are actually, if you believe in soulmates, cosmically connected or whatever. So I just think that like they are giving us, they are doing it in a different way where we're not so much seeing the sexual tension. We're not seeing, you know, a lot of times what is a trope I think on sitcoms is like when they're kind of fighting more and we we don't really get that because mm. like I'm so attracted to you that I just have to fight with you because I don't know what else <laughs> yeah. to do you know and we're not seeing that we're seeing this like deep foundation of caring and respect and support building before they might be like hang on let me kiss you and see if this is something <laughs> no you're right like how many how many times have you heard that from people though yeah it's just like you start off as friends and then all of a sudden there's just this moment that. It's like, oh, okay. You know, like you just said it was like that way with your Yeah, that's exactly Um, how it was my husband. We were friends. My my wife did that too. Like, you know, we dated for a little while, but I lived far away. And then, you know, when she saw me in a show again, she was like, oh. Uh, And so it was like one of those things. So I think that that does, you're you're right in a way, ground it even more, make it even more real. So, oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying like, my, my deep friendship with my husband, I think, is what has carried us together through 18 years, in addition to love and attraction. You know, you need to have that foundation because if you just genuinely enjoy being around the person, that's why I get mm. so confused when people are like, just let them be friends. Why do they have to be in a relationship? And I understand like, oh, you want to see male, female friendships on TV, but I would argue the case that there are quite a few great male female friendships on this show mm. but it's not usually going to be the two main characters because romance is a story you know a theme that is used a lot and so they're picking these two people for a reason to be the main characters if that's where it's going so there are friendships but it's not going to be just between them and don't you want to be friends with your partner yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think it's because, you know, as as the great Elton John Tim Rice once wrote, all stories are love stories. So, um, you know, that is kind of why it's just always, uh, you know, right there at the forefront. But I think you're right, though. And there's also ways the show subverts even that, the male-female friendship, because a relationship that started sexually, Jamie and, um, and Keely, has now turned into just a straight-up friendship where he mm-hmm. asks her for advice, and there's not really any mention of that anymore even though you know of course the the funeral episode he professed his love for but then kind of dealt with that and that Mm -hmm. was really more of a you know psychological thing for him so you're right like there are ways that they're actually subverting the typical romantic tropes in the show um in a different way aside from that so i'm i think i'm buying in craig i think uh, i think i'm buying some stock here i do think that she's kind of it's kind of hooked you on i I am still a little bit hesitant to go into Ted Becca. And it's, (laughs) it's mainly because I still think that there are other options for Ted that I would prefer to see as a viewer. And again, I honestly think that at the end of this, if Ted ends up with, no, no one. I mean, I know that that sounds like cruel, right? To say like, ah, he should end up with no one. He well, should be alone. That's, that's you know, a valid but, point, like, though, Craig, just... what you laid out. That's a valid point. He doesn't need to be with someone to have self-worth. I mean, you're right. No, that is a valid point. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, well, thank you for both um, making my points valid. I You're appreciate wrong, but that. Okay. No. <laughs> but you know, I, I it just I, it it's it's just so interesting to me how this show has brought up these amazing characters that we can be able to dive into. And Tori, it's cr- incredible that you have seen these through lines mm. that lead you to this ultimate conclusion. And it's like it's hard to argue that because you've done your homework, you know? And I think that someone could come in and say like, Oh, well, but, but this, that, and the other thing as well, but it's just interesting that we've invested so much in these characters that this is ultimately something that you're hoping comes to fruition. And I just think that that's a, that's a really awesome thing. Yeah. I mean, whether it works out or not in my favor, I'll burn down my podcast. This is, (laughs) it's still an art that we are interpreting and it's a beautiful piece of art, I believe. So Mm. I do think that different people are going to see different things in it. Um, 
And that's the joy in this escapism that is television and characters and why I love digging into characters so much because these are so deeply layered. Mm-hmm. Now, I do momentarily, and if you have any additional thoughts on uh, Ted and Rebecca that you want to make sure we we hear on the show today, um, but I do want to take a momentary jaunt to Roy and Keeley because we have you on, and this is a show about relationships primarily today, and I still feel in my very heart of hearts that that relationship is actually stronger at the end of season two than maybe at any point before. For that, eternal. Jeremy <laughs> thinks that uh, we're in for some shaky rot waters. So, okay, we're gonna we're gonna potentially have some predictions for season three later on. Before we've we've actually just talked to you about it. We've talked to the folks at LassoCast. We're we're trying to build this Avengers style unit to talk <laughs> predictions. But let's preview that a little bit by where do you think Roy and Keeley are at this moment? I do think we might have a little bit of a rocky patch. After Headspace, I was like, okay, they dealt with all of this and we're good. But then a few other things came up with Roy, like lingering with Mrs. Bowen and then Keely explaining the thing with Jamie. But I do think that they will work it out in the end because this is really the first grown-up relationship for both of them. Mm. Roy has just mostly had one night stands and been with women who have stolen his watch. And <laughs> Keely has been dating legal children her entire right. dating yeah. career, you know? So of course there's going to be bumps, you know, there's, and I, and I, I kind of thought of this too, because even when my husband and I first got together, we were together all the time. And I am someone who very much likes to be alone. And so I remember one time being like, can we just not, can we not see each other like Friday and then I'll see you on Saturday? And he was like devastated because in his mind, that meant like, you don't want to spend time with me. And I was like, that's not at all what it means. Like, I just want to take a bath and like read a book and go to sleep early tonight. And so we had to get through that. You know, you have to, you have to get to know each other on those levels and there's going to be little bumps here and there. So I, I do feel that we are seeing those kind of like growing pains of these two people in a healthy relationship for the first time, trying to work through their mess from past relationships and go forward. So I do think we're going to have a little, I think it's gonna be a little bumpy, but I do think Roy and Keely will end up together in the end. As I explained to Craig at the season finale recap, this is the standard Zach and Kelly formula from Saved by the Bell, okay? You break them up to get them back together, to break them up so they end up together, okay? This is this is standard sitcom stuff here, okay? <laughs> I, maybe we end up with an episode called uh, One Wedding and No Funeral, I don't know, in uh, season three. We'll have to see where it goes from there, but Tori, uh, it has been a joy to get yes. to talk to you today about Fair all of this. Yeah. Is there anything that we've left on the table? So we've talked uh, Sassy, we've talked Sam, we've talked Ted with no one, you know, like it's Jane, Jane, right? Areas, <laughs> is there any kind of closing <laughs> argument that you would make uh, to the audience about why these two should end up together? Oh, oh gosh. Okay. So I just think that we should all kind of take a step back, maybe look at all the little tiny biscuits that they've left behind and maybe just have an open mind as to what's going to happen. And the one thing I want to bring up though, that I didn't, we didn't discuss is people who want Ted and Sharon to be together. But I just want to say that on a show that is trying to uplift mental health, it would be a really bad idea to have Ted end up with his therapist. And I absolutely love Sharon and I want her back in season three. I want to see her and Rebecca on like a road trip, like Thelma and Louise, (laughs) but I just don't, if she wasn't his therapist, I'd be for it, but I just don't really see that as an option or them going in that direction. I think that on that point, all three of us can agree uh, (laughs) as we begin to wrap up here. So uh, Tori, please tell people again where they can find your show and how they can listen to this along the way, because we are in the excruciating period between now and season three's premiere, hopefully sometime in the fall where we can all chat more in new episodes again, but tell everybody how to find you. 
Okay, so by this the time this airs, we will have done all of season one and season two. So you can listen to all of it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The title is Their Soulmates, a Ted Lasso podcast. Awesome. And favorite episode. Now that you've gone through season two, season one, what's your favorite episode of the show? You know, I'm going to say that my favorite episode is the Christmas one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. That's, that warms my heart because clearly tan lines is my favorite, but when, when you think about what you're going to go back and watch more yes. and more and more of this Every show, year. Mm-hmm. Every year for like the rest of our lives, yeah. it's going to be the Christmas episode. It's going to carol the bells. That's a yeah. bold way to say beard after hours. I mean, <laughs> you know, I have not watched beard after hours again since originally, and I'm going to, but I want it to be completely separate of this. It gets better. It gets so much better. I know, every time uh, yes, you watch it. I know I will enjoy it when I'm not like waiting to see what happens the next week. Yeah. But yeah, so I haven't. But yes, the Christmas episode. And I would like to say to everyone who says that. Jason and Hannah or slash Ted and Rebecca don't have chemistry to really go back and watch that Christmas episode. Because I Mm. think if we saw them in more episodes, like they were in that one, we'll be feeling some chemistry really soon. Awesome. That is so great. Well, again, thank you for Tori for coming on and definitely go and check out the show. It's so great to get to talk to other Ted Lasso content creators as we wait for season three. Jeremy, you got any final thoughts before we wrap this whole thing up? No, just uh, thank you very much, Tori, for coming on. A very compelling case made. I think you've got at least uh, half a convert here, if not a full one. Um, I'll definitely come back next week for the next sermon. And uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But thank you so much. This was really, really fun. Yes, thank you both. And thank you for always, you guys were the first two to really be supportive and like share the podcast. And I just really appreciate that. Thank you. Because as you said- Sometimes we get a little bit of criticism, but I felt nothing but love from this side. The message to all of our listeners is to be extremely kind to Tori and Kevin. And remember to always be curious and not judgmental for sure. But uh, as we begin to wrap this up, we're just so grateful to all of you. I don't know what's next. Honestly, the time we're recording this, we have nothing planned after this. So we'll see what comes out next. And uh, we will try to get some of those interviews for you and then also of course continue to talk about ted lasso all of the time so for peanut butter and biscuits i am craig i'm jeremy and i'm tori and as always be a goldfish Thank you for listening to this episode of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio Illinois. For more from the Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash network. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.